Hey, and welcome to episode 87 of the Thodcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, and today we're talking about an animated film from Sony Pictures Animation and Netflix and a whole bunch of fun stuff. And before we get into all that, I just want to introduce our wonderful folks we have joining us today, starting off with Jody Pulaski coming in from Jordy, coming from <laughs> Jordy LaForge from Star Trek from Georgia. Hey, how's it going, George? <laughs> I hear you loud and clear. I know what you're trying to say. I yeah. haven't been on for a couple of weeks, so people may have forgotten my name, but I'm so excited to be back on today. Uh, I'm back from traveling a little bit as events are picking up again, as the pandemic is like maybe slowing down, maybe picking up, who knows? Uh, but I'm grateful to be here again and be able to talk about this animated movie with y'all. Thanks for joining. Yes, uh, Regina, George, gyrating, <laughs> gyroscope, ginormous. Uh, also from Georgia joining <laughs> us once again, her second time on the show, returning from last episode on Luca. It's our friend, Alex D. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? I am doing so well. Thank you for asking. I am so happy to be back. Thanks for coming back to the show. And uh, yeah, we've got kind of a fun little topic today with this, uh, this film that I wasn't necessarily aware of more than, you know, a month ago. <laughs> um, but glad I found it. And uh, it's the second, I believe, Sony Pictures Animation film that we've talked about this year on the podcast um it's called vivo um yeah let's see jody what did you think of vivo oh i feel like my thoughts sort of are a wave but i went into it totally blind like you hadn't really heard about it i've started to going i've started going to movies in theaters again so i've sort of stepped away from like these netflix shows and stuff and so when you're like oh vivo i found it hadn't heard of it but as soon as the first song started playing I was like okay I like this I had just seen In the Heights I instantly recognized the vocals were Lin-Manuel Miranda and I was into it hmm. and then they kind of lost me and then they kind of brought me back again so I feel like for me it was it was vibrant it was fun some parts were a little generic but overall it was a great Netflix watch hmm. yeah Alex I loved it <laughs> I thought it was so like okay I don't know like I had not I had not heard of it until you you had mentioned it like maybe we'll do it on this one and I was like oh like I've not heard of that and I and I looked it up and I was like oh cute and then I did a little bit more you know research into it watched it and I was like all-star vocal cast in my opinion so mm -hmm. good I okay like what like Gloria Estefan was in that like that was good. Um, Lynn, of course, I love um, Lynn Manuel Miranda. I'm a big like Hamilton mm -hmm. fan. Who so isn't? Like well, he's for, too hot to handle right now. That name. Or like watching it, you know, I was watching it in bed and I said, Sean, like, do you know who that monkey is? He said, that's Hamilton. I said, it's mm -hmm. like my little uncultured uh, boyfriend uh, <laughs> knew. So big win for, I think him being like Lynn being, you know, recognizable. That's awesome. I think he's like, he's doing good. And mm -hmm. 
music, I thought the music was great. I thought the animation was cute. I agree with Jody. It did kind of lose me a little bit in the middle. I felt like it was like filler after, mm-hmm. after like he met Gabby. But then at, like when it started picking back up to like what I wanted to see, I was into it. But again, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a grown up watching a children's movie. So I feel like a kid watching it will have a, uh, different perspective than me like they might be so into it the whole time whereas like oh like I'm just waiting for like show me what I want to see you know right Mm -hmm. well that's always kind of tricky I think when approaching some of these films that are direct to streaming I I don't know it's sometimes hit and miss with me because I I often get the sense when I am firing up a movie that went straight to streaming, you know, was not in theaters, um, you know, that um, I might be <laughs> kind of able to tell that this was designed for almost as if it were like a made for TV film or a direct to video film, you know, back in the era when, you know, that was a more popular offering. And, and nowadays, of course, we have this whole new medium of streaming. But, uh, you know, there there's a lot of prestige content out there that is direct to streaming as mm-hmm. well fully you know this is a full-fledged hollywood animated film um sort of like mitchell's versus the machines uh which we talked about previously on the show and you know it just happens to be released through netflix especially you know with the covid and the quarantine you know this has just become a whole new paradigm um but also, yeah, this being very specifically toward uh, targeted towards kids, um, you know, maybe lessen some of the, I don't know, impact of the drama. But in my case, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. Like yeah. if, yeah, if this were like a Disney or a Pixar release, um, you know, I, I don't think I'd regard it, you know, much different. I might be a little disappointed. But I I enjoyed this almost as much as Soul, I think. Yeah, Um, I was actually going to say I had like a similar experience with Soul where it was like something I liked, I didn't love, but I thought was like a good creative project. I did some digging before we hopped on here and kind of seeing where they pulled in Lin-Manuel Miranda on this project. Mm -hmm. And from what I could find, like right after his success with the stage musical In the Heights Mm -hmm. back in like 2010, DreamWorks sort of approached him and pitched him for this type of film. But like, I guess around 2016, they dropped the project. Mm. And then later, Sony Pictures Animation acquired it from DreamWorks and fast-tracked it under Vivo, which was, it was kind of interesting to hear that they had been talking to Lynn manuel Miranda for, I mean, almost a decade before this is up now. Because I don't know if our listeners know, but I've been hearing about Encanto, which is another animated musical coming out with Lin-Manuel Miranda with a similar vibe. I don't think it's Cuba, but it's Mm. maybe it's Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. It's a similar um, cultural musical um, thing that's coming out. So I was actually surprised with Vivo because when we started watching it, I was thinking, wait, this can't be the one that's coming out under Disney's name. But yeah, it turns out this project is from quite a while (laughs) back overall. Wow. There's quite the menagerie here of mm-hmm. sort of Latin themed um, musicals that, you know, have been springing up in recent times, both animated and non-animated, because well, we just like had 
Heights was yeah. same vibe for sure. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And I think that's one aspect about this movie I really liked is I felt like, and maybe it's because uh, Alex and I recently saw In the Heights, but I felt like there was almost like an educational element when it comes to seeing another culture, seeing another style of music, seeing how these people maybe dress or communicate or socialize in the plaza, um, a little different than the typical Western world. I mean, mm-hmm. at least America. Um, and I think that's that's really fun to see on screen. And I'm, I'm hoping Encanto, his next project, his next animated project, um, gives some of that too. Cause I think that's really good for kids. I mean, a lot of kids don't leave their hometown, let alone like their home country. So mm-hmm. movies like this sort of give them the opportunity to see something different, seeing, you know, a different part of the world, Cuba. Cuba, there's a great, um, you know, scenic tour of the city Havana at the start. Um, it's just so colorful, this entire film, but also the variety as well of, aesthetics and uh, locations was, I don't know, to me, that really elevated this film into the status of, you know, what would I, what I would expect from like a Disney or Pixar film. Encanto is um, not starring Lin-Manuel Miranda. I imagine he might have some. Oh, did he write the music maybe for it? He is composing. Yep. Okay. That might've been where my tongue got tied, but I knew he was working on a project. And then when I watched this, I was, I was wondering if this was that project. So it looks like with this one though, with Mm -hmm. Vivo, he did the vocals of Vivo the monkey or what? Yeah. um, Oh God, there's a name for it. I like, it's like a kinkajou. Kinkajou. Kinkajou, that's right. Yep. Yep. And you know what I thought they said the first time? I thought they said Pikachu. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, is this the live action Pokemon we've been waiting for? Actually, did you guys see the live action Pokemon? Yeah, Pikachu was good. yeah I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here uh, our episode on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my no, God. Uh, I've been it, away for too long, oh, everyone. Sorry. Vivo is as cute as a, as a Pokemon. And I don't know if you mentioned that Lin Manuel was in the cast of Encanto. I, that wasn't a correction. It was just that, you know, his capacity of working on the film is is presumably limited based on what i'm seeing on wikipedia sure. to uh com- composing whereas here he probably had a hand in writing some of the music but he's, he he's front have. center yeah he had to have had a he has that oh sorry i'm the worst at interrupting he no. does have that name right now that really you stamp that on really any project and you're gonna get a lot of a lot of asses and oh sorry <laughs> you're gonna say you're gonna get butts a lot of butts in the seats um, when you hear his name, oh my gosh, it's been a couple of weeks. That's already. okay. But um, anyway, when with his name, I feel like you pull in a lot. And I'm not trying to make this like the big Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda like fan club because there were lots of elements of the movie that were really strong, even without his voice. I thought the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie uh, with the theme of, you know, the music and death and friendship and dreams and, mm. and song was really, really strong. It really Mm -hmm. did capture me right off the bat. And like you said, with the vibrant colors, the first 30 minutes, I thought were were 10 out of 10. Yes. Agreed. Where did you guys feel like it kind of lost you? I'll just say it suffered from a few of the typical pitfalls of animated films of this type i would say similar to um this wasn't sony pictures it was blue sky the uh, you know movie spies in disguise kind of had the awkward youth character 
who I think is a bit of a trope, you know, just, yeah, the, the bumbling, you know, trying to appeal to the younger generation. Um, the you second know, I saw her with the purple <laughs> hair, I instantly knew what her role was going to be. So I agree. Gabby was kind of where I, the hook loosened from my, from my I, mouth. I it. still liked her. <laughs> I loved, I loved, I loved her. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, and it could have been like the capacity I was like watching it in. I was mm-hmm. like in bed, you know, I was like, okay, uh, the first, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm, I'm crying. I'm like in the movie. Really? Like, yes. Oh, I was crying for sure. Like I, I was like this, Lu- Luca did not give me fuzzy feelies. This movie gave me all the fuzzy feelies. I was like loving it. So um, yeah, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, I love it. It's so sweet. Um, and then she, here she comes and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like I like this girl. And then it kind of like, Oh, like here she is. This is who she is. And then like the whole journey of getting yeah. to the end point, like until they got to the end point, I was like, mm, I just want to see the end. Like, right. I want to see how this ends. But also I, I it was good. It was captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, it just got murky. Yeah. I was just like, oh, like, I just want to know how it ends at this point. Like, I just like true love. Does it happen? Does she know? You know, I, I just, but like also, but like Gabby's story did matter. Right. Like it it, it did tie in to the uh, general ending. Her, her little piece did tie into that general ending. I just feel like they didn't build her story up enough for me to be like, she's really important. Like, right. I her, but I feel like they could have. Andre and Vivo and the female singer definitely had more of a captivating right. storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got kind of nervous at about the same point as you when they're like, oh, we're going to Florida. I was like, wait, is the rest of this movie going to be a Floridian swamp <laughs> adventure? Like, I was like, I don't really know if I have time for this, <laughs> but you know, as it continued, the animation stayed great. I thought the characters they met along the way were cute. I thought those birds, birds yeah. loving birds were cute. I thought the snake was cool. Um, I even thought the sand dollar girls that were part mm-hmm. of her troop were, were nice. Like I thought they had some good characters going throughout it. I think sometimes I just get distracted when it's a half thought out journey storyline. Like when mm-hmm. there's this journey that, that, that's kind of a mess. But Philip, did you, was it stronger for you maybe as a boy? Oh, it it (laughs) held up like, yeah, as far as uh, how it could have gone, um, it improved on the cliche. uh, But, you know, there's still, you know, elements of like, like the Trolls movies are very much this. They're having to go on this journey through this kind of nondescript hodgepodge of environments you know fantasy environments uh here i i kind of liked it felt i don't know uh, cool to see the contrast between cuba and america you Mm -hmm. know the the u.s um florida like and there are some really cool locations in florida key west is uh you know would be a fun place to visit for sure um and the uh, Everglades and and then Miami. 
Um, and so like I just getting lost in those environments for me um, was fun. And the song that played during the um, raft ride through the Everglades was, uh, let's see, there was a one song, Keep the Beat, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. You know what I thought of instantly? And Alex, Philip and I went to high school together. So he'll remember this. Do you remember when in music class, we'd watch like a VHS called Stomp? Oh yeah. Yep. Where they're, where they're playing random things. Like they're smacking the floor, they're hitting a bottle. It's sort of like this artistic yeah. percussional like thing. There was a VHS about this. They were and huge. Thought, yeah, they were huge. And so when they started playing on the boat, hitting the tin can and the various other things on the boat, I like that. And it, mm. it's kind of like trash in the camp from Tarzan. Oh, I yeah. think that's a really fun thing. Iconic. I think for, for kids, that's cool because you can find music and inspiration no matter what your situation like you're stuck on this boat well why not make a song you're stuck Mm -hmm. in the camp like why not make a song i i like that a lot i think that's great for kids she's she's learning to play music yeah Mm -hmm. alex have you have you seen stomp (laughs) videos or anything i i have no idea what you're talking about stomp out loud or i i think the the video is called stomp out loud i think the group's just called stomp but yeah (laughs) (laughs) like <laughs> we can talk about can talk about that i'll i'll look it up i'll find it on youtube yeah make our own like who knows oh a spoon bill that's the, the bird the right bird. yeah ro- the roset roseat spoon bill uh i don't know how that first word's pronounced r-o-s-e-a-t-e rosate roseat <laughs> <laughs> just referring to i think the red reddish color <laughs> of, of dancarino and valentina i thought as as like minor characters they're really cute and like the way that these birds just randomly burst into song upon mm-hmm. meeting each other, i thought that was a great sort of play on you know musicals of this kind i thought they were cute too the snake I feel like they could have maybe given him a couple more sentences to clarify why he doesn't like noise. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I zoned out. But like, did you guys figure out why the snake doesn't like sounds? I don't know. Is it like a snake thing? I don't know. Is it like a real thing? Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like real life snakes don't like sounds. Like, I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) I don't know. It might just be like a, a little, uh, you know, one of your little annoyed little characters that are having it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they had to throw that in because they needed, well, you know what, actually I'm going to retract that. They didn't need to throw that in because I think the snake is sort of to be like, oh, he's overcoming the fear of something scary. But what I liked about Vivo was he was like scared of change. And I find that very relatable. Like he wanted to live in Cuba. He wanted to sing the same songs with Andre. He wanted to, you know, kind of live, live his life there. He didn't have any big dreams of running off like the way you might see. Um, I mean, there's so many other animated characters and characters in general that dream of something oh, yeah. bigger and better. Mm-hmm. But Vivo, I mean, Vivo was content. Like Vivo was happy. And then his fear was moving forward. And I, I thought that was really good. I thought that was a good lesson. So they didn't really need the snake because his overall fear was leaving in general. Mm. 
you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's unique to have a character like that. You see that mm-hmm. sort of entangled um, Disney's tangled is like Rapunzel has a dream, but like, she's also like scared of leaving. It's a little yeah. different, but it's kind of the same where, where that sure. transition is a little bit <laughs> overwhelming. The refusal um, of the call as sure. Joseph Campbell would say. <laughs> it, yeah. so you're smarter than me. No, 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 no. no I'm not exactly, trying to... that, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and I feel like that's relatable. And I love that Vivo ends up loving to, being a Floridian so much that, spoiler alert, like he does end up in Florida and he does end up staying there and making his music, sharing his magic and his talent in a brand new place. And I think like Andre, if he were still alive, like tears, um, he'd be really proud of him. I love, I like, I'm not going to say I didn't think about the way that you just described that, but like, I, it didn't like, yes, that's how I thought of it, but it, I like, it didn't like put it into like words in my head, the way that you just kind of described, like he, like he was like scared of change and like moving forward. But like, once he had no other option, like he knew, like, I, I have to do this thing because this is like what my friend would have wanted. Mm. Like, I like have this mission, like my friend was going to go do this. I did not want to do it, but like, I have to do it for him. Like I love him and this is for love, you know, like it's just, this was a good comparison. It would be from the movie up that grandpa in the movie up. Yes. He he didn't want to like go on this big adventure with the kid and he did. And I I think that's a really good storyline. I mean, has anyone read any reviews online about how this is being received by like critics? Philip, no, should we? Will it hurt my feelings though? Like I love I, it. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what other people might have to say out there because I'd probably give this like an eight out of 10. I, yes, I would. Maybe highly seven, like maybe a seven. No, seven out of 10. Solid eight for me. I love this movie. Yeah. Qu- quick glance. Um, there's a meta score rating that shows on the main IMDb page, which is 66. So mm-hmm. overall positive. Um, but I could see, yeah, this being a bit derivative of movies like Up the, and that being somewhat of a turnoff. Um, and I don't know. I, I think, yeah, there's like obvious complaints with sort of the emphasis on the, the little kid characters and, and some of the hijinks therein. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's a cartoon I'm kind of okay with some of these, like the sand dollar club, <laughs> like they're having their own little yeah. peanuts esque adventures where, you know, they're not, they're unsupervised in a very unrealistic fashion. Oh my God. Uh, I know sometimes those moments pull me out of it and I know I'm an adult, but when it's like these three girls are like running around in the Everglades, I'm like, where are all the parents? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the one girl borrows her dad's boat, I guess. Um, <laughs> that that blonde chick was quite the... Why, remi- reminded me of, like, Regina George in a way. She's just a bit of a bully. I thought uh, she looked just like Reese Witherspoon. When I was, like, looking at this little character, I was like, what are you doing on there? Like, the legally blonde yeah. um, actress. You guys know Reese Witherspoon. I, um, yeah, I couldn't I, tell... I, who voiced her? Yeah. Um, I think I had it pulled up here with the like list of the, um, what do you call them? What do you call the voice actors? Voice cast? Yeah, the cast. 
Oh, and of course I can't find it. So I don't have the whole voice list in. Wait. Uh, uh, Becky, was she the blonde one? Or... Katie Lowe's. Yeah. Olivia True Truio. Trujillo. And all I remember yeah. is Gabby. Um I, I just thought she sounded a little like Kristen Bell at first. Um, but so it'd be yeah. interesting if uh, <laughs> if Anna made a cameo. <laughs> Um, and the yeah, the the girl who played Gabby's a newcomer. She's only been in like one other thing. Uh, Inai, uh, let's see, Inai Raleigh, <laughs> Inai Raleigh. Uh, yeah, Simo is her name. She's Dominican. She's a you know the appropriate age to be playing like an eleven year old. Is that how old Gabby was? I think that's about the age. Like like pre preteen where they're still little enough to like run around with their stuffed animals, but they're old enough to kind of have a drive and, and feel the really big feelings. Um, Alex kind of touched on it earlier, but they did sort of round out Gabby's storyline for me enough where you find out that part of her drive is the loss of her father and, and needing to feel that, you know, he had that love for her, even though he passed. Um, so they did, they did a good job with the little ones too. I mean, obviously you're not going to know the sidekicks plots, but overall good. Yeah. I loved, I loved Gabby. I hope her uh, voice actress uh, goes on to do more because I felt like she had so much personality. Like she, like, I don't know I, her little like video. Like, I don't know. I just thought like when I first met her, I'm like, this is like, She's fun. She's so reflective of, I feel like the generation today, like, which is something mm-hmm. that we don't, well, for like, for me, that's not something I saw gr- what growing up. That's not how kids were portrayed. So now it's like, oh, like I see, I see this mm-hmm. um, currently. And like, this is, it is just modern and she's but she's fun, modern, like she's, she's a good, you know, she's a good kid. Like, I don't, I love, yeah. I love she her. She was a good kid. I and like her like entrance, like mm-hmm. the, 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 the recorder, guitar, I was like, eh. adventure. <laughs> I don't care. I don't, I literally do not care about adventures anymore. I want to see the beginning and the end, like you leave the middle out. Like, but I, I liked, I liked her character. I thought she was, um, just really reflective of today's children. And I, you know what, that's interesting that you say that because I had kind of been complaining back when I watched the sequel to trolls about how more modern shows for kids seem a little aggressive to me. Like the, you know, when we were kids, it was kind of like Ariel, Belle, whatever, you know, it seemed like the the lead girls were a little more like, so dude, submissive, whatever. And I kind of struggle with this personality type because working with kids, I don't really like this personality type. It's a little bit, it's a, it's a lot, like it's a lot of things, but I do think it is really reflective of the current generation. Like you meet, you know, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and they have a lot to say and they have no trouble saying it so I I agree I think a character like this it's gonna be relatable to a lot of the the kids in that age group whereas like I'm like wait where's Belle you know I want I want the girl characters to be what they might have been when I was young but but that's not the case anymore I mean that's not 
the generation we're seeing now or the, the generation we're seeing coming in. So I think this, this strong, independent, a little bit loud, like girl is, is a very like spot on. I mean, Alex works in events as do I. So we see all types of kids. And I would say this is a very common personality for better or for worse, um, that you're seeing now with, with kids. And it, I love kids yeah. like that. Like, I, yeah, exactly. For better they, or worse. Like you see are it. so they're just, it's just, they're alive. They're vivo. They're, it's engaging. It yeah. is like, you're keeping me on my toes. Like you're like making sure I know what I need to be doing. Basically they have no problem to, like saying it how it is. Like they are like loud and strong. And I think that's like really good like it's okay to be loud like it's okay to like 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 go your own like thing you know like I love to see it like don't trade your voice for some legs like play your quarter <laughs> badly yeah. like I love to see it the purple hair is a bit of a negotiation but the movie yeah. does call that out and I, it was probably something to do with the, her father being gone and oh my gosh, just yeah. like, you know, some, some way to placate this poor child. Uh, but do you ever see kids with, with something like that very often, you know, just colored hair. Yeah. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you know, who knows if it's, I, I, I see it a lot at events and most of the time I'm like this I, I can tell it's temporary mm -hmm. I, I also work at a salon we do mm -hmm. have 10 and 11 year olds coming in especially during the summertime like once school gets out that want like you know little pink tips or purple mm -hmm. tips or something like just for like they want to express themselves expression yep and I think I think we're you know, back when I was that age that I couldn't have, my mom wouldn't let me do anything until I was old enough to do it myself, you know? So, so I think like, it's more open now. It's more accepted. I think it's cool. Like, and I it. think it's like millennials are becoming parents now. And they're yeah. kind of saying like, you know, when I was a kid, maybe my, my mom made me wear a dress to church every single Sunday. And I didn't like that. So like, I'm going to let my kid in the summertime have purple hair. <laughs> you know? And I think you're right. Like Philip with, with the mom, I mean, with the loss of the father, like if my daughter wanted purple hair, mm -hmm. she's going to have purple hair after, if, if you're going to lose your parent, like you're going to have purple hair. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what, what I thought was kind of cool to circle back into the voice actors again, um, Gloria Estevan, um, she was probably, if she was born today, she would have had purple hair because like she was groundbreaking as a musician. I was shocked that they yeah. had her in on this. She, She's the artist who experienced like worldwide success with the song uh, Conga. You guys okay. remember that one? Mm -hmm. um, okay. And she really opened up the doors for like J-Lo, Shakira, Ricky Martin, Selena. Mm -hmm. And she she's the kind of girl who would have had purple hair. So I think this was a great project for her to be on because I'm guessing she could kind of relate to Gabby more than more than the character she voiced. Mm. Yeah, um, she plays Marta um, and... Yeah, it was an interesting sort of dynamic with her character leaving Cuba sometime. The U.S., right? She yeah. Kind of I, well, and there was a travel embargo imposed, I believe, uh, February 8th, uh, my birthday, <laughs> in 1963, um, during, uh, I think it was after the Bay of Pigs invasion, um, and, and then that was in place kind of until recently, basically, I, there was a brief moment in the seventies where it was lifted, um, I think reinstated by Reagan in the eighties, 
Um, but she, I, you know, it's just kind of odd that these characters never saw each other again, you know, and still after 60 years held, uh, significant feelings, you know, for each other. Um, so it's, yeah, yeah. I, the political stuff isn't really addressed, but I thought, you know, I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I didn't really think about it until now you're mentioning it, but how many years they said 60, six, zero past. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I just read this book and this doesn't really have much to do with anything, but it's called like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I don't know if you guys have heard this. You have it. I do. You can borrow it. it. Yeah. Thank you. I've been dying to read it. Thanks. it kind of goes through like love stories and like love that, you know, you hold out for all time, AKA 60 years, the way Andre and, and Gloria, like mm-hmm. her name's Gloria, right? Uh, Ma- Marta. Marta. Oh, sorry, Marta. Marta okay. and Andre have. And it's just like, it's frustrating for me as like the watcher or the viewer to be like, call them, just call <laughs> them. Like, what, wh- why the letter 60 years yeah. later? And I mean, obviously life does pass, time does pass. But I feel like if I had this passionate flame for someone, I mean, for more than like two months, I would call them, but maybe yeah. it's, it's a different generation. And it, it does make the story awfully romantic, but why wait till you're at death's door to say, Hey, I want to sing a song with you. Like, no, sing the song when you're 30, 40, 50, like, please don't wait till you're 70. There was no, there was no contact until she was like, please come to my show. Like, I've been thinking of you. This is doable. You know, like, please come. And he's like, yes, I'm going to go see her. But he does, he can't, um, you know, but like that, that he didn't just like say, oh, I'm going to go see her. Let me write this song real quicky quick. No, like he had that, like those were feelings that he had had. And of course, like after all that time she leaves, he's, he, he stays, you know, they all they go on with their lives at this mm-hmm. point. But then that flame gets rekindled. I think it's a rekindling factor versus it being like I've loved you this whole time I've pined you for 60 years like I'm Mm. sure things were still there but it was like oh she left I'm here we've moved we've moved on quote unquote but it was like the rekindling factor where he's like oh here's my chance to like tell her how much it's always meant to me you know versus like I've been waiting 60 years for you you know (laughs) that's true that's true honestly that's more relatable for me I'm very sentimental like I've said a thousand times like Philip and I went to high school together but like mm-hmm. I agree like mm-hmm. I would love to see people 60 years later so when you put it in that kind of concept yeah you're probably right it's more of like not this like passion love it's more like human yeah, yeah I mean obviously like they still have cared for each other and like you know she was she was upset about upon hearing the news didn't uh she didn't want to uh do her show mm-hmm. um you know, like it was like, oh, like they obviously still cared deeply about each other. It just, there wasn't time for that relationship to uh, flourish during that period of time because they had just lived their lives and gone on, you know, but it's not like they stopped caring or stopped thinking of the other. It just wasn't a plausible ordeal. And, you know, I'm sure by the time it was like, well, you know, like, let me reach out or it's been too long. Like I'm able to go see them. It, it is too long. You know, it was like, yeah. I'm not going to bring this up. I'm not going to dig it up. Like, but yeah, it almost happened. And when um, Rosa shows up, uh, the I, I almost thought she was maybe 
his daughter at first or daughter-in-law um just assuming you know maybe andres did have a whole separate life you know uh, and then you know maybe yeah yeah um but um yeah i I don't know what he was doing for those 60 years sometimes that just happens being a lifelong i guess i don't know (laughs) yeah lifelong bachelor and and of course sometimes when you're in the arts that that can really consume your life and it's hard to uh, to make a living, especially in a place like Cuba. I think he was busking. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Busking the streets uh, <laughs> with his songs and his vivo. I mean, he clearly felt, felt like he had a family. And I think you're right, Philip. I think time does like go by, especially people in the arts. They get so hyper-focused on their creation. And mm-hmm. being a musician, I can't really relate, but writing songs and and creating this vibe I mean Alex knows when you're in your your passion or like sharing your talent like time like ceases to exist so that's a good way to picture it he's spending 60 years doing what he loves like doing what he knows doing what Mm -hmm. he loves like he you know his one love left he's got his other one found a new one within vivo like they love each other you know not romantically but it's just it's just passing passing time from from one love to another just different priorities like yes as a performer artist Mm -hmm. what have you like yeah like it does consume you like that's all it is like Mm -hmm. at the time until it can't be anymore you know so for a musician you can do that you can do that forever and an actress maybe not can do it forever but you know or, or a painter can do that forever you know it's something you can fill the time with, with the things that you, that you love. You can find distractions and maybe his passion grew once he could focus more on it. And that's just what everything became. But yeah, that's. It's funny with these movies, how a character who's only in the movie for 10 minutes inspires us to create a backstory for him. And, and that's a good, that's a sign of a good movie. I was bummed out that they like kind of killed him off right away, but it doesn't make him any less impressionable. I think that's for the adults that watch it. Mm-hmm. I think that's for the, you know, more mature audience because the kids aren't, um, maybe they are. I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of anybody else once they were gone. I, you know, I'm, I'm focused on what's happening now, but for us being older, we're like, Oh, I can relate to this aspect of this character, you know, or who's not, who, who was there for 10 minutes. Like you said, you know, it's like, we like they put those, those uh, elements in for grownups, you know, for, Mm -hmm. to keep us engaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very effective. Um, I mean, it's kind of become a cliche by now, but you know, the, the opening scene and up uh, being a moment when, you know, grown adults, you know, break down and cry in front of a film uh, made for kids, uh, you know, is, is something that I think is now a benchmark within animation. Um, I guess filmmaking more broadly. Um, I think actually it's, it might even go back further than that. Maybe not so much with death, but you guys know, mm-hmm. um, Snow White was one of Walt, uh, it was Disney, Walt Disney's first fully, um, animated feature and that he was watching the adults for the, 
her funeral scene when the the dwarves are visiting her um coffin Mm. to see if anyone would cry because that was like his bar of success for the movie i don't know if that's a myth or or true or false but like seeing if it could tap into not only like laughter fun movie time Mm -hmm. but into that like deeper feeling grief Mm -hmm. grief or or empathy you know something like that so that's did they cry yeah they did oh because i don't don't think snow white to me is not very sad but we're conditioned to a different level of movie at that time i'm sure it was like nothing like they'd ever seen before so yeah exactly at that time you got to spend an hour with the character as well so not quite the same you know level of economy as the opening uh, the, sequence and up which right. was just like a, a 10 minute scene that that proved so moving uh and other examples too i mean i'm trying to think of any you know oh uh, i don't know the one that really got to me uh was the jj abrams star trek film from 2009 the first one that he did um has just that that glorious opening sequence of what happened um young Kirk being born on the ship as it's um or they're they're escaping uh, a ship that's being attacked and um his mother gives birth to him you know on the escape shuttle uh and his father is the captain and um you know the the mother and the father are communicating um you know during this whole sequence and you know it's it's just very very dramatic, very moving. Um, you know, they're they're naming their new newborn Aww. as he's heroically sacrificing himself. Yeah, all this in the first few minutes of this um, you know, sci-fi film. Yeah, well, and uh, fun fact: uh, Kirk in uh, that Star Trek film is played by Chris Pine, of course, and his father is played by Chris Hemsworth you know, Thor. Oh. So, so you got two Chris's father and son uh, playing father oh. and son. So um, it'd be fun to maybe talk about it at some point on the show and get in, talk some Trek. <laughs> um, yeah. I haven't watched much of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, lots of, uh, I don't know. And then at the end, Oh, the, the obituary when Marta's seeing the obituary of yeah. Andres that, that got to me yeah. as well. Um and speaking of yeah, emotions, that was really good. like I, and Lin Manuel Miranda, I mean, there's something about a lot of his music that's very expressive and emotional. And I, I turned on, you know, the Moana soundtrack earlier today, uh, and the song "We Know the Way." And I, you know, that got me going. I, I was, I was crying listening to that song because it's just so. Oh my gosh! Evocative. I forgot he did Moana. Thank you for yeah, saying that. George Washington was Moana's dad. <laughs> oh my gosh! Or, you're right. He did that. You know what? You know what? I'm happy you said that because when I was listening to Vivo, it is so familiar to in the heights and so familiar to Hamilton. And I was kind of like, obviously I would never call him like a one trick pony, but he has a very specific sound. Moana, I think has a very different sound from in the heights, Vivo, the Latina style music. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, you're right. He he is so talented. He really is. Mm -hmm. He really, truly is like when I looked, when, when Philip suggested this and I, and I looked it up, I was like, oh, Lynn, I'm in, like, I am, can't wait to watch it. Like, I 
like I wish to see everything he's done because I feel like there's always something about anything I've seen from him that or what he's composed or you know what have you anything he's worked on to me like there's always something that I just feel so like it, there's something for everyone, you know, like I, I, like when I saw Moana, I saw it in theaters. I was like, Oh, and this is before I even knew who he was. And I was like, gosh, this soundtrack is so good. This is easily one of my new favorite princesses. Like mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. Like, um, her, her song, uh, uh, I've been oh. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. song, I listened to it on repeat for weeks after I saw the movie, I saw Hamilton. How, how far I'll go and bought mm-hmm. the soundtrack in the heights i talked to jody about that for days after we saw it like the like his like musical like anything mm-hmm. like i don't know i just like i just like anything he does he could he yeah. could like, in the heights the touch right now yeah. yeah well in the heights was the first thing he became known for it seems um that was initially a, a broadway show from 2008 right. Um, and then have you seen the new movie, either of you? Uh, In the Heights? Yeah. Yeah, we went together with my mom. Okay. Yeah. I've not seen it. Oh, you yeah. should really see it. It, I mean, it's gonna, if you liked the music in this movie mm-hmm. and vice versa, you, the, mm-hmm. the similar beat, the similar, like, it's almost like this effortless energy of like, it's very quick. It's very fast for my ears, but it, feels so natural with the singers who are singing it I, I think it's a lot of fun and it's to me his songs because they are so lyrically full they're like bursting with words mm-hmm. you can listen again and again and feel like you're still sort of like learning the song okay and cool. um I mean I didn't grow up listening to a lot of Latin influenced music so I feel like it's a new genre for me so so yeah. in the heights and vivo I felt like expanded my horizons a little did bit and hopefully thick and vivo though yeah did wait are we singing? um okay so the music here is credited to a couple people lin-manuel miranda is one of them and then there's alex lockamore um and he's done yeah he he worked on hamilton in the music department incredibles 2 um in the heights i think he's just oh. uh a frequent collaborator with Lin-Man. I just I didn't know if he like I wouldn't be surprised if he had done or helped out with the music in Vivo I just wasn't sure I didn't this is not a part that I looked into so I was just I didn't know if he had actually um like composed most of it or you know helped yeah. out or whatever I I didn't know if he had played a part in that I wouldn't be surprised if he did because it was very much similar it was I'm sure he has like the team surrounding that talent yeah. it's it's probably a similar group like Philip said the Alex or yeah, Lockamore Lock- Lock- but mm-hmm. yeah um I I guess uh yeah Lin-Manuel was the primary musical voice in Vivo as he will be in the upcoming Encanto and as he was in in the Heights so he is uh very prolific dude i mean we we all knew that from you know hamilton and moana and just all the you know the ways that he just really exploded on the scene um but yeah he's he's a busy guy (laughs) and of course yeah he did 
he did initially pitch this movie, you know, prior to Hamilton to, uh, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like at the beginning, like that little wrap up was surprising to me. And I mean, do I think that this movie is like iconic? Like, no, but I, I'm happy we watched it and I'm happy we talked about it because I, I think I might, this might've been one I bypassed with COVID. It's so easy to just like not see movies and just like watch series or, you know, whatever time wasters and not sit down and watch an actual movie. But this one was, I think it was worth kind of sitting down and watching, especially if you have an interest in this style of music or, or if you want to be exposed to some Latin music, it, it's a good baby step into it all. I, 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 I liked it. I, I, I wouldn't have watched it either. Honestly, I wouldn't usually be watching any, um, non-princess any, any children's movies right now anyways unless you know there was a reason I just I honestly like don't have the time yeah. so, this is something I, I enjoy so I make time for right so um but last when we had watched Luca um that was something I was wanting to see I'd heard about it whatever um and I um I have a little I have a little friend Jackson he had watched Luca and had talked to me about it. He's a, you know, he's a kid. He talks to me about movies that he sees. Um, his dad is, is good friends with Sean and I. So I, I, you know, he was like, Luca is good. Space Jam is good. He's telling me movies he's watched. I'm like, oh, I want to watch Luca. We do the podcast on Luca. He listens to it, you know, <laughs> like Jackson and Matt, like driving to school, listening to the podcast. So I actually told Matt, I said, you have to watch this movie with Jackson, it, I liked it way better than because I gave Matt all my little uh, tidbits on what I thought of Luca. I said, ah, because he did not watch it with Jackson. But, um, sorry. Um, but um, <laughs> he did not watch Luca with Jackson, but Jackson had seen it. And I told Matt, I was like, don't. It's like, if, if you haven't seen it, like, it's not. Don't worry about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I told Matt, I said, oh, you have to watch uh, Vivo with Jackson. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, he already watched it. He told me it was good. And I was like, yeah, like this one's, this one is, is it, this one's good. And kids, I guess, do like it because Jackson said it was good. And I trust anything Jackson says. <clears throat> so it's almost Philip, odd. Were you able oh. Well, it's almost odd that Luca wasn't a musical <laughs> in some way. Luca, if it had been a musical, I wasn't on for your guys's episode of Luca and for mm -hmm. listeners like go back and listen to their episode. I ended up watching it. Watch it. It's so good. Had they put music to it, it would have been even better. The kids that I know are super into this story, into this character. We've gotten like weird requests for the the friend for Luca okay. like I don't I, I don't know how we would ever like create a, a character like that but Luca like I think was I mean this isn't a Luca episode but I was obsessed with it I didn't know um, I liked I liked Luca better than Vivo but Luca with music would have been even better 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 than like mm. that's just my opinion I, I yeah. really like that coming you know, much better huh <laughs> well that's why there's that's why there's podcasts yeah I guess I, yeah. I, I were you able to see financially if Vivo was a quote unquote success when it came to releasing it? I mean, I always worry about okay. these movies that come out on, you know, streaming sites, like how they're going to get yeah. their revenue, especially for Vivo. I haven't seen any toys or merch yeah. or anything. With Luca, I, I did see 
products in the stores, like in Target, uh-huh. but I haven't seen any Vivo things. So I'm wondering if they made any money on this. Um, it wasn't released to theaters in the U.S., uh, Vivo. Are you wondering about Luca or Vivo? Uh, Vivo. 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 I, I'm guessing um, for sure Luca made money. I just was curious. About let's Vivo. see. Um, yeah, Luca box office, and, the, and Luca wasn't released in the U.S. either. Well, um, reviews of Luca. You know, like Luca was as was more advertised. I feel mm-hmm. like I had seen previews of Luca. Um, I don't know what movie I was watching in the theater, but I feel like it it was a preview to a movie I'd seen in a theater. And I was like, well, that looks good. And then it finally came out. And I was like, oh, like, I, I want to see that. I can't believe it went straight to Disney Plus. Like, that's that's cool. And you don't have to pay extra for it. I love that. Um, but then they had toys at McDonald's or uh, they had, uh, I think it was Happy Meal toys. It might've been Burger King or something. I don't know. They had, you know, like toys at fast food places. Like I've seen it in the stores, like I have not, I had not heard of Vivo. I had not, mm-hmm. I have not seen anything about it. I literally only know about it because Philip told me, let's watch it. Let's talk about it. And I, I, when I went on Netflix, it wasn't even like on like my little, little first scroll of Netflix. Like I had to search for it when I watched it. So which I, I, I saw it sitting up fairly prominently a couple times. Well, um, it's number eight on Netflix this week. So it's, oh, getting, it's getting some attention because of us. <laughs> they knew that we were going to do a podcast episode on it and everybody ran to their TVs. They got Netflix pulled up and they're like, Vivo, Vivo, Vivo. Vivo la revolucion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Philip, did you find some numbers on the money or we're just going to assume yeah, there... it, was, it was what it was? <laughs> there is an international box office figure listed here but it's only two hundred seventy six thousand dollars so um it hasn't been released in many territories clearly uh in theaters um and if it is continuing to roll out in other markets um it doesn't appear to be much of a juggernaut shall we say um but netflix is a huge like if people knew about it it'd be a hit Nobody knows about it. I think people are watching. I mean, Netflix is just so big and they probably, yeah. I'll tell you guys like soon manifesting it for the worse, I guess, manifesting it. Schools are going to close down. Kids are going to be home soon. They're going to need a movie. Vivo's going to skyrocket. We're going to have the Latin music playing. We're going to have Lin-Manuel at the birthday parties. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> There'll be riots in the streets. <laughs> It'll be just like the, the French Revolution. The actually. Cuban Revolution. Oh, the Cuban Revolution. 1953. Yes. <laughs> I think it was fun. And I this makes me so grateful for this little podca- podcast family we have because I'm happy we saw it and I'm I'm happy we got to experience it because I, I thought it was fun. I loved it. I'm 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 really happy that I did not blow the first podcast and was invited to watch another movie that I would not have watched before because I really, I really, really, really did enjoy this movie. And um, I was excited to talk about it. And I was, I'm like excited to like tell like the children I see frequently, like, hey, you know, watch this movie. Like you're really gonna like it because I have two uh, little neighbors downstairs who, um, love watching movies. Um, and I, I get a lot of my, oh my gosh, 
sorry, it's work. Um, I get a lot of my children's point of view from like my two little neighbors mm-hmm. and like Jackson, you know, like it helps me see things differently when I'm like, I, I have such, I feel like, like a, a, a little crew. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> like, they help me see like the better in things. Whereas like, I will maybe be so pessimistic and negative about these things that are so different through a child's eyes, you know, like, so like, yes, I will be telling all the little babes to uh, watch Vivo because I loved it. I, I think I just have a big crush on Lin-Manuel Miranda. I I was like, did we like the movie or do we like, we, we were coming to the end of this podcast and we're still not sure. Like if he, if he hears this, like call me, um, like just like, I can be in a movie one day too. I don't know. I'll be a voice actress. Oh, absolutely. Philip, what would you give it? One to 10. I feel like Alex and I gave our numbers and it's interesting to hear yours. You're more of a connoisseur. Um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be generous and say like a, a 7.4, yeah. 7.5. Yeah. Uh, just not great. Lost yeah. us a bit. Yeah. Wait, I, did you both like it more than Luca? I mean, did you like no. Luca more than this? That's Luca what I mean. more than this. <sighs> say similar, but yeah, I think yeah, Luca's more movies. They're different, obviously very yeah. different movies. I just that's what I'm comparing it to because that's the last animation I watched. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I think I just, I think it's different also the way I went into it. I went into watching Viva with not um, knowing about the movie at all, um, mm-hmm. never having heard of it, you know, no expectations for this. Whereas I feel like Luca was hyped up to me. Mm-hmm. So, and then it didn't, I didn't get the hype. Versus mm. like me, like watching this movie, I like, I was just, oh, I'm going to watch another one. And I, I don't know. I think cause like it made me cry. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to cry. So um. <laughs> um, nothing wrong with that. And I yeah, this... like, I don't know. I want to feel, I want to feel like I want to, I want things to give me like a, like outward emotion, you know? And I, not everything does. So I, I did love this movie. Um, yeah. It was a really good recommendation on your part. I think we talked about doing mm-hmm. Space Jam uh, prior to doing this one. So mm-hmm. one makes sense. I mean, that was a big hyped up release this summer. And, you know, the, the original is kind of a classic for our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the new Space Jam did get fairly abysmal reviews. And I don't necessarily want to add to a pylon or anything. I just, you know, it, I, I don't feel like it would necessarily be the most exciting topic, but, you know, could. And we could tie in the original Space Jam as well. I mean, uh, I've got original Space Jam on DVD if we want to talk about that. Yeah. I'm in on that one. I don't have HBO uh, unless someone wants to give me theirs. Then I'll watch the second one, which I was so ex- Space Jam's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So I was really excited for the second one. It's just inaccessible to me, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate the second. Wait, Space you Jam. saw it already? I've, I've seen it. It's on. Oh. It was on HBO Max. It's probably no longer there. Um, but will return at some point. I hope so. Uh, I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, the original wasn't uh, Critical Darling either. 
but it just had a lot of resonance with the kids of that era, as I hope this one may as well with, you know, the, the Gen Z generation, you know. They're appealing to the new, movies nowadays are appealing to people who are watching them, you know, yeah. like it's a kid's movie. It's for kids. It's not for us. You know, it's yeah. not, for, it's not for me to watch and be like, I love it. Like movies for me, I don't know what movies exist for people like me now, but it's not space jam too. You know, like it's the, they didn't make that for me. Um, I, well, I guess um, kids born after 2012 are generation alpha. Uh, yeah. Gabby would probably still be Gen Z um and and she's big into her phone and tech and things yeah she she probably loves space jam uh, a new legacy um yeah so i mean this was a bit of a breath of fresh air vivo um even if it's yeah it's not targeted towards us necessarily but um every once in a while you get the kind of surprise gem and of course lin-manuel he's going to take his work seriously mm -hmm. and, yeah whether it's a broadway show or a Sony animation or a Disney feature, mm -hmm. he gets it done. We got to appreciate that here on the podcast. Yeah, yep. this was the 26th uh, Sony Pictures animated production um, and is directed by Kirk D'Amico, who previously directed The Crudes and Space Chimps. Um, he's also one of the lead writers on this as well. Um, so... Uh, there was a producer credit on this as well, which I thought was noteworthy. That being Rich Moore, who's long, who I think was a longtime um, director and animator on The Simpsons uh, before moving over to Disney, where he oversaw such films as both Wreck-It Ralphs and Zootopia. I, I saw that in your notes, actually. I thought that was so interesting because both both you know Wreck-It Ralph and Zootopia great movies so mm -hmm. yeah that's I thought that was really I thought that was really interesting when I when I read your notes and I saw that because I was like mm -hmm. oh banger yeah. banger like mm -hmm. push them out love it you know great and yeah I, I don't think there was necessarily any bad you know fallout or anything between Richmore and Disney I think you just kind of wanted to move on to um greener pastures after a long, um, successful tenure with the, you know, with that studio, but, yeah. uh, also yeah. if a project becomes available and you can do it, you know, mm -hmm. why not? Like why, yeah. why restrict yourself to, to doing one? Th well, you know, I don't yeah. know, maybe contracts or something that I don't understand, but just, at the, you know, if some, if someone comes to you with an opportunity and you mm -hmm. want to do it, like regardless of who or what it's for, if you want to do it, it's something you're interested in, you're capable, like, do it. Yeah. I, I know he, I think was sort of vying for the chief creative officer position, which was given to Jennifer Lee after, you know, the success of frozen. Mm. Um, and she, mm -hmm. yeah, she had ascended to that position after John Laster left. Um, and you know, after that, I think Richmore just thought, you know, he was going to, move on to other things um and i don't know i, I we'll see I, I really love raya um disney seems to be going through a bit of a fallow period right now in terms of public perception 
you know, we got this new rollout of the Genie Plus program that everyone's freaking out about. And are freaking out. <laughs> I don't necessarily the blame them. Groups, they are losing their. And I get it, but it's like, let's just like let the world settle in for a second. I feel like all these companies and corporations are just trying to like navigate. I mean, I'm speaking actually from my own personal bias as someone who does events, which isn't even close to what Disney does. I feel like everybody's kind of like in troubleshoot mode, trying to find a new route to take Mm -hmm. and consumers have to just like, give it a minute, give it a chance. If something's really, really not going to work like the genie system or whatever, whatever Disney cranks out, Mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to fix it. They want to succeed. They want their consumers to like it. They want to have a positive perception. So let's just chill. I'm in a lot of Disney forums and like people have been Mm -hmm. very negative on pretty much Mm -hmm. everything they've pumped out lately. And it's like, come on, let's just, let's just survive this pandemic and like go to a movie. Don't pay for it. If you don't want it, like had they raised ticket prices, 15 bucks, like nobody would bat an eye. It's hard when you're supposed to be like the most magical company in the world. But at the end of the day, like they're a business, they're a company, like, yeah, yeah, they have something still a corporation. Right. At the end of the day, like we love them because they give us like the warm fuzzies and like our childhood, but I still can't help but think of the moment in Jurassic Park when, you know, Hammond's defending his park saying, you know, this park is not designed to cater only to the super rich. And then the lawyer yeah. dude's like, oh, well, sure, we can have coupon day or something. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Disney Genie Plus pass coupon day uh, i guess it's really um the crowds at the park right now are are really low at, at disney world especially and i think that's always the case right around this time of year especially because school. yeah mm-hmm. so like this would be like prime coupon day season right now i think <laughs> And they're going to, they're going to, they're going to pivot. They're going to adjust. They're going to figure it out. Um, I mean, I I feel the same every time they come out with Mm -hmm. a movie, probably same with any other production company, they're going to see what people like, what people don't like. And they're going to try to accommodate that. You just got to give it time. It's not going to be overnight. We're such an instant generation. We need to, we need to wait. Yeah. Well, they comment on that in vivo with Gabby. She's, I mean, at at first almost comes off as a little bit non-committal, uh, towards like music because she's bad at playing music i mean she's a kid so it's understandable <laughs> but also like her lack of enthusiasm towards things like the scout program you know the mm-hmm. sand dollar girl scouts um and like yeah th- i think that's a common sentiment for kids if they're not necessarily being eh, i don't know pushed a little bit or encouraged to to get out and active it can just be so easy to get sucked into screens and, and media oh. I, I certainly was as a kid, and, and I, I regret that to an extent. Um, I feel like I was the proto Gen Z, even though I'm Gen Y. Uh, yeah, in, I feel like it was yeah. a lot more rare for our generation. Now it's it's so much more common. But you had a love for the the screen, the storyline, the Star mm-hmm. Wars, you know that stuff. So I was the Star Wars kid. You were like yeah. an early bird with it. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, what's Gen Y? Uh, millennials um yeah basically just millennials and then oh, okay. millennials. I, I don't think i've i think that's us i haven't heard of it um i haven't heard of it referred that way yeah gen x i, I, would, I guess that would probably mm-hmm. be if it's gen this that the other i yeah 
Yeah, I, I don't know. All that stuff is arbitrary. Term or is that made up by millennials? Uh, I mean, academics invented this these concepts. Um, but yeah, millennials, Generation Y. Um, it's rarely referred to, I think, as Generation Y. But I like it's, that better than millennial. It seems less hateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Generation X is 1965 to 1980 ish. And then millennials 81 to 96 ish. Um, Generation Z 97 to 2012. So. <laughs> is it alpha after that? Is that what you said? Alpha. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Fun stuff. Okay. I, I, unrelated, I guess. I just, I'd never heard of Gen Y and I was curious what that was but that makes well, sense. if you don't like the term millennials uh good Perfect. substitute <laughs> millennials right. like no babe gen y <laughs> all the way all right well uh i don't know any anything else to add on this episode before we sign off um i think this is a fun one for generation y z x y a b mm-hmm. um and i'm excited to see Encanto because of vivo if if Encanto brings in some some of these Latin vibes, these beautiful animations characters. I know it's a different mm-hmm. studio, but with the common thread of Lynn, Emmanuel Miranda, I, I'm excited for it. So I think this was good. This was a little stepping stone into a future Disney picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I actually have not, I had not, I had not known about this uh, new movie you guys are talking about until t- just today. Encanto, mm-hmm. yeah. Encanto, I have not, I had not heard of that. So um, I'm also excited for that now because I loved like the like the vibe, the colors, the the sounds. You know, I I liked the. It's just different than what mm-hmm. we see uh, usually in movies. So I am also excited for Encanto. Uh, I had not known about it, so that's super cool. I think yeah, it is a good stepping stone. I wonder how they're gonna play that off with. Vivo being an existing movie and then coming out with something up seemingly so similar. Oh girl, you're going to be shocked. It's a little princess who has like magic powers. Like you'll see. <laughs> so cute. Oh, no, I don't want any more princess with powers. No, me. she's not a princess. I think she's like a normal kid, but, but I think it's love, a totally exciting uh, storyline. Elena Elsa. of Avalori Rachel. Yeah. 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 A little bit of Elsa, a little bit of Elena, a little bit of Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's going to be good. Elsa. You know what? Yeah. Lin. Manuel can be the next princess. <laughs> Philip, what are your final thoughts on Vivo? Uh, I said pretty much all I uh, wanted to say. I, I don't hate the kid rapping. I, I thought uh, they, they, <laughs> they treaded a fine line with Gabby. Um, let's see if I can get her name right. Inairali uh, Simo. I hope uh, goes on to do other things and has a has a good career ahead of her. Um, and uh, I don't know, all the best to the the makers of this film. I hope Netflix is happy with it. And uh, yeah, check out Vivo on Netflix. Um, I just want to add in really quick when I was doing my little quick uh, research just now. Um, the soundtrack. It says you were talking about little kid rapping, right? And you're like, oh, I didn't hate it. The soundtrack features my own drum remix performed by 
He just said it. Uh, yeah, I think it's like Inairali. Inairali, Simo, and Missy Elliott. Oh, fun. That yeah. was a fun no, fact. I thought I just. I that is the fact to end the podcast on. I had read Missy that Elliott. earlier. So big Miss Elliott cameo. Automatic, supersonic, <laughs> hypnotic, <laughs> funky, fresh. Go, Missy. Go, Missy. Go, Vivo. <laughs> so I thought, like, you mentioned the. You know, I love it. That happens, by the way. So, got to look All into right. that one right there. Um. Well, Vivo giving Abu a run for his money as a beloved monkey of the silver screen. Um, and uh, in this case, the centerpiece of his own film. Uh, but look forward to the Abu spinoff coming soon from. <laughs> To Disney Plus. Is that real? Uh, we'll see. No. Oh, <laughs> but <won't>. inevitably, <laughs> 10 years, just wait. Um, okay. Well, I think that'll probably wrap it up for us on the Thodcast. Uh, Philip Elke here, your host. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned broadcasting from Northern Minnesota. And thank you so much, Alex and Jody. And um, I don't know, do you want to quick mention some social media, Jody? Yeah, like now that I'm back in the world again, I might be posting on Instagram. It's Jody Pulaski, J-O-D-I-P-O-L-A-S-K-Y. It's a lot of princess content, a little bit of everything. So if you want to follow my journey, it's there. Otherwise, I'm hoping to be here on the Thoughtcast in the next couple of weeks talking about more animated films. All right, Alex? I am also on Instagram. Um, nothing specific is my content, uh, but it is a d z a y e e d e e z y. You can find the Thoughtcast at thoughtcast.com, streaming all over Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find us at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you find myself, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, this was a, a fun one. Vivo la Revolucion. And uh, you all have a magical day. Have a wonderful week and warm hugs. Bye.